Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the Friday episode of Text Talk. We're so glad that you've tuned in. Want to let everybody know that coming up in about two weeks is Text Talk Season 2. We're going to be going through the Psalms, so be sure to subscribe. Give us a review, share it with your friends. We'd love to build the audience for Text Talk Season 2. Today, we're finishing up our conversation on Acts 27. Edwin, what is our text for today? We're going to wrap up the chapter starting in verse 39, going all the way to the end, verse 44. This is the English Standard Version. Now, when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But, striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck, excuse me, the bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. Wow. Wow. Well, I know we've been talking about it, um, you know, all, all this week. This storm that's lasted for 14 days or more and the the mixed messages among the if people. If you and... think talking about this for five days was unending, <laughs> <laughs> imagine living through it for 14. Yeah, imagine listening to us talk about it <laughs> for 14, <laughs> for 14 days. days. Um, so I'll tell you what, it's, it's really something that... Um, <laughs> I guess I was kind of reading along and, and, and following along in your reading, and I'm seeing this picture develop. They took bread. We talked about it yesterday. They're encouraged. Things are looking up a little bit. Um, but but with the way this plays out with the ship being crushed by wind, uh, waves, breaking up from, from the rear of the vessel. I mean, it's like the ocean is eating this ship. Okay. And then the soldiers are looking around like, well, we're going to kill a bunch of you, and then we're going to go to shore. And, and I'm just thinking how terrifying uh, for some of the folks on board that uh, we've made it all this time through the sea and the raging storms just to get stabbed by the Romans. These Romans are the worst. <laughs> you guys are the worst. But the centurion, the centurion, he's been listening to Paul. He's bought into Paul. He wants to keep Paul alive. And so he stops them. Yeah. Which, look, for the Romans is a big, big risk. Because if any of these guys get away, the people who are guarding them are supposed to go through their punishment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that. And it's a culture of honor and it's high stakes. And all of this, all of this is truly life or death. And what's amazing, Edwin, is how every life is spared. What Everyone. was it? 276. 
276 according to the English Standard Version. I know there's some manuscriptal differences on what's written there, but we're, we're looking at some significant well, number of people. I think that one's right, though, because the New King James has 276 The New King also. James also <laughs> says 276, so it must be true. I thought you <laughs> were just true. I just th- I thought you were just going along to get along. I was trying to remember. <laughs> no, I, yeah, 276. I think that yeah, was Yeah, so uh, all of these is. folks, even if it was the 76 number that I think some manuscripts have, even if it was that number, that's still a significant number of people you'd expect in a shipwreck where the ship is breaking up. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to die. Mm-hmm. None of them do, just as God promised. That's right, just as God promised. God had promised that none of them would die. He's, he says, Paul, I have granted them to you. In other words, God is the one. He says, I'm saving them. They're going to be In fact, Paul had to stop some of them from escaping, from escaping. on That's their right. own terms yep. because it's basically, look, you're going to die if you do that. You can't save yourself. Yeah. You can't save yourself. You have to be saved by God. Yet now, this this is the thing that blows my mind. Now we see them being saved by God, except for I don't see God anywhere. Yeah, I tell you what, one view of this situation might be, well, God has turned his back because now the storm has taken over. The ship is truly breaking apart. And yet we see the faithfulness of God's word because they do the head count and all have lived. But very harrowing because, uh, you know, I'm getting a picture, Edwin, and you can correct me. It looks like some of these guys are just grabbing on to any little bit of of ship plank and wood and a barrel and whatever and kind of floating on into shore. This is my one of my favorite stories because I get to use my terms flotsam and jetsam. Are those your terms? I could have well, sworn I've heard those somewhere before. I didn't make them up. No, oh, they're not okay. my terms. But they're terms you don't get to use in conversation every day. No, not every they day. They grab the flotsam and jetsam and they yeah. float in. Now I know why you spend so much time down at the docks just so you can do some of that. <laughs> Ship talk with all the sailors. That was the flotsam and jetsam today, boys. <laughs> wow. Wow. We'll, we'll have to decide later if we'll keep that in the recording or do that as an outtake. But we'll, uh, you know. Some what? of my favorite terms. One of my favorite terms. I get it. I'm odd. But it looks like these men have saved themselves. Because they hung on to a, a bit of the ship, a bit of the wreckage. A bit of the flotsam and jetsam. They swam. Those who could swim, swam. Yeah. Or maybe they swum. Swam? Swam. They swam. Okay. Swammed. <laughs> That's when you swam in the past. <laughs> and those who couldn't swim grabbed hold of wreckage and floated in. Yeah. And so what it looks like is men who are struggling and working and earning their own way to the shore. But we know that's not what it is because God has said, I'm granting this. This this is I'm doing this when this is all said and done. What they all needed to do was give God the glory and give God the thanks. And if somebody said, why were you, how, how did you get out of that wreckage? How did you survive that? What they needed to say was by the grace of Paul's God. No, that's right. That God delivered me and God was faithful to his word. I look at this episode and I remember that God can work in many ways. And sometimes people want to limit God and say, it's got to be a miracle. Well, what would a miracle have been? A miracle would have been Paul talking to the ocean like Jesus talked to a storm and it stopped. Now, that was a miracle. That would have been a miracle. That would have been a miracle. That's not what happened here. 
That's not what happened here. But you've got this crushing of the wind, and it looks like, oh, has God forsaken them? The ship is being destroyed. But this is exactly what God said would happen. And yet in this providence, in this activity through these natural means and processes, every soul, the ones that could swim and the ones that couldn't, are carried along to the shore. Uh, it, it's amazing providence that God can work through the means, the events, the choices still to bring about his will. Well, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, we've come up with this word providence to, to describe things that are non-miraculous, and it's a perfectly fine word. But the reality is here is that in this particular situation, we don't know what God did. We, what, what was God's working? Did God manipulate the currents? Mm. Did God, or did God just at the beginning of time set things up so that at this moment the currents would work in a certain way? Did mm. God did God give some of these men a little bit of extra strength mm-hmm. so that they can continue swimming beyond what they normally, normally would have been able do to do? Or did God just, through their training, through their work, they had developed <laughs> enough strength so that at this moment they could survive? Where the ship came to rest was a distance that they could swim. Yeah. I don't know what God did. Yeah. I'll tell you what I know. I know God saved them. And to me, this is one of those places. I love this quote. Um, Philip Yancey, in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, he modifies a statement by E.B. White on humor, and he makes it about grace. And he says, grace can be dissected as a frog, Mm -hmm. but the thing dies in the process, and its innards are only of interest to the purely scientific mind. Mm. I'm quoting, I'm going by memory, so I may have gotten it a little bit off, but that's, that's essentially what he says. Right. And I think that's sometimes the problem is we get into these discussions about God's grace versus our submission and our surrender and our obedience and our faith. What we, what we end up trying to do is dissecting grace. We end up trying to quantify it. I want to be able to put a chart up, which I won't because we're not going to do video. I want to be able to put up a chart that says, look, here's here's how much of the horsepower on this engine is God's grace, and here's how much of the horsepower on this engine is man's effort. But we actually see this really beautiful picture of here's man working his dead level best as hard as he can work, but he's being saved by God. When it's all said and done, if the, if, if the guys who could swim had decided not to swim, what would have happened? Mm. they'd have drowned. Mm -hmm. I mean, we already know if they had decided to leave the ship after God had promised salvation, if they decided to leave the ship, they weren't going to be saved. So we recognize if they had not done the swimming, the grabbing a hold of the flotsam and jetsam, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to say that as many times in this episode as I can. You need to work it in. I'm going to. They would have drowned. Yeah. Okay. But if God hadn't saved them, Mm -hmm. they would have drowned. And did they earn? Did they earn deliverance because they swam so hard? Some of them could have said that at the end of this. Some of them, well, how did you do it? Listen, I've got to tell you, you know, I've been a swimmer my whole life. I have swam and swam and swam and I have worked up some endurance. And I'm going to tell you what, this was nothing compared to the shipwreck I was in five years ago. And I swam then too. And I'm swimming now. Mm, I saved myself. Mm-hmm. They would have been wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That guy looked a, all, an awful lot like Paul who knew exactly that he was being saved by the grace of God, but Paul swam. Yeah, he was in the water kicking too. Or or grabbed a piece of flotsam and jetsam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's an amazing thing that if you were walking along the seashore and saw this shipwreck, uh, you'd say, boy, there was no miracle here, no deliverance. Look what happened to that. But at the end of the day, when they're all there, they realized, uh, 
God saved every one of us. We were spared. And there's something about the fact that it's all of them. You know, if yeah. if if 25% of them have died, we'd say, oh, this is just a straight up natural occurrence. Lucky you, you made it. But the, the, the fact that everyone survived is an indication something special has happened here. And I think everybody involved in that would have had to have admitted it. Oh, they would have known. Even if... Even if some of them did not go ahead and give God the glory, didn't give praise and thanksgiving to the God of Paul, to Yahweh. Uh, you remember the ten lepers? Yeah, that's right. The ten lepers that Jesus healed, and only one, and that mm-hmm. one, a Samaritan, comes back to actually give thanks mm-hmm. for the healing. Mm-hmm. And think of the number of excuses that they might have come up with or statements they might have made to keep from giving Jesus the thanks for this healing. We are humble. We are humble before God's working to save us. How he has sent Jesus to pay the price for our sins at the cross. He died, he was buried, and he arose. We believe that. He's ascended to heaven and he is reigning today. And he makes possible the way of salvation. Our, de- our desire is to believe it, to act in obedience and faith, but he's going to save us by his grace. My salvation is by grace. By grace. But I'm going to tell you what, my salvation probably looks a whole lot like the person who is trying to work their way to salvation. Mm. You know, the, the, the person who is being saved by God's grace on the outside doesn't look very different from the person who's trying to work their way into heaven. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't because the person who is being saved by God's grace, he swims. Mm-hmm. He grabs a hold of the, the wreckage so that he can float ashore. He's, he's serving the Lord. I mean, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, as he's talking about, I am what I am by the grace of God. Yes. Uh, nevertheless, I worked harder than any of them, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God working in me. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, it does that back and forth. And it's, it's really one of those things where you're like, Paul, was it you or was it God? And Paul's answer is yes. <laughs> uh, and th- this, is, this is salvation. We can't dissect it. Mm-hmm. We can't quantify it. Mm-hmm. When I have obeyed the Lord and I am delivered from my sin and I'm delivered from temptation, it looked all the way along like I'm swimming and I'm grabbing a hold of the wreckage. But when it's all said and done, I have to recognize this was by the grace of God and he needs to receive the glory and the honor and the praise. And when someone asks me, why are you saved? How are you saved? God, mm-hmm. God. God did the deliverance. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in today, for this week. We hope as we've walked through Acts chapter 27, it's an exciting chapter. Yeah, it is. But, you know, as it tells the story, it, it might be hard to find some things. I, I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk through some things. And this is a wonderful picture of salvation and some great parallels. If you're interested in being a child of God, having your sins forgiven, we'd love to talk to you about that. Send us a message. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. You're going to be saved by the grace of God. But we'd love to tell you what your part, the swimming, the grabbing hold of the wreckage. We, we want to talk to you about what the Bible says about that. Send us that message. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Andrew? Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day. And thank you for this episode. We are glad that we've had a time to do a series on Acts chapter 27. Seeing, Father, how you have been working and always working to bless and deliver your servants for your glory. Father, sometimes that looks like uh, terrible times of storms to endure. But Father, we trust that you are with us all the way. And we rejoice to see the deliverance of the lives as you fulfilled your word to Paul and all those him on all those with him on board that ship. Father, we know that you are always faithful to your word. And so we walk in faith and trust with that this day. We pray, God, that we might always be mindful of your grace and your mercy, to be truly thankful and express that gratitude and live a life that points others to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.